Hey guys, before I jump into this episode, this is a disclaimer for anyone who is listening to actually listen for the homework assignment answers. Go to episode five that will be uploaded the same day and it should be up right after this episode. It just did not seem right to have a two hour episode where I filming for so long and I didn't want you to you guys to have to focus your attention for such a long time. So I broke this um, week's episodes into two. So the first one will be me going over the different type of logic game question type. And then the second one will be me, me going over the varsity tutor questions. So I hope you guys enjoy both of the podcast episodes and let me know if you have any questions. Thank you. Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. If you are still listening, you are doing an amazing job as a future law student. Um, we're four episodes in. I thought I would be a lot more consistent on a day-to-day basis, but guys, it's actually very hard <laughs> to study and then film on a day-to-day basis. So I gave myself the limit of at least two podcasts a week and an assignment within those podcasts. So you all have like a full week of study with me, even if you don't hear me every day. I hope you're doing okay. I hope your um, day is going great. Today is Thursday, November 4th. And so I think that if this is up by today, that's great. I'm really excited. I'm doing awesome. But if it's not, I hope you guys bear with me um, as we study and we're on this road to a 180. On my last podcast, I did say that we were going to go over the different question types that the Logic Game have. And... That's what we're going to do right now in this moment. We're going to start off really quickly and get right into it. And then we're going to do the homework assignment that I gave you guys in the last podcast. So if you did not listen to um, episode three, you're missing two things, which is okay. You do not need to go listen to the episode if you do not want to, but I'm going to let you know what you're missing. One, you're missing the homework assignment. So the homework assignment for today was to go on varsitytutor.com and go to the Logic Games um, test section and click on the very first one. So the logic game section has about about 76 different type of test. Five of them are diagnostic and then there's a little short test underneath of that. I told you guys to get the first, very first one done and we'll do that together. We'll go through that in a minute. But first, I also said that I would be going over um, logic game type questions. So the different questions that you will see during the section. So we'll jump right into that first, then we'll do the assignment, and then we'll introduce reading comprehension because that's our next section. I'm really excited, you guys, um, because I'm really breezing through these sections and getting it a lot better this second time around taking it. Also, I my biggest advice for today that I've been struggling with is keep studying. Like, sincerely, every day, even if it's just a practice test. And that's why I gave you guys the the website of Varsity Tutor because even if you do not feel or have the strength to study, you can click one of those little tests and it'll take 10, 15 minutes and you studied. You, You reviewed your material and you're doing something where it's continuously keeping you up on your toes about the things that you will see on the test and a different variety of the different forms of questions and and di- diagrams you'll have to draw. So make sure to utilize varsity tutors on days that you just don't feel like doing it, um, just so you can get at least some practice and always study, discipline yourself enough to study on a day-to-day basis. But let's get right into it. Okay, so basic orientation. That is the first type of logic games question that we'll go over. Basic orientation, what is that? Well, guys, basic orientation is the question that you will see that will ask you, how to um 
the orientation of it. It will ask you how the diagram would be set up. So an example of this would be, which of the following is an acceptable schedule of TV shows um, Crystal streams from first to seventh, right? It asks you to put the order of it if it's a ordering question, or it asks you to put the elements in a group if it's a grouping question. This is basic orientation. Basic orientation. Now, if you are a visual learner and this listening to me is just not enough, also go on to Khan Academy, you guys. And this is, I think, in the first three lessons of Logic Games on Khan Academy. So head on over to Khan Academy for more details about what I'm doing. I'll actually go on there right now and uh, direct you guys on exactly where to go. Once you get onto Khan Academy, um, you're going to go to um, lessons, and then on lessons, you'll look at the LSAT lesson, click on that, go down, and there's going to um, ask you one about the um, logic games, click on that, and then all of these articles will pop up. Okay, so once you get on that, we will go down to the given info basic orientation and that's what the title of the article is called it's called given info basic orientation quick guide now if you're working with me today we will be just doing a really quick breeze run through of this this site and this place i just told you to go on khan academy it has a very detailed um experience of understanding all of these different question types and it also gives you uh, examples it gives you a lot of more in-depth work with it mostly if you need more practice on understanding the different question types i've said this in one of my previous podcasts but the reason why understanding the question types is so important because you also learn how to do the setups and understand more easily how to approach the question when you understand what to look for. You know what I mean? So if I'm reading the test and I look at the first question and I'm like, oh, that's a basic orientation. Now I know I'm going to have to put the elements in a group or the elements in a sequence. That's already, uh, um, you're already saving yourself time. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you already know what you're going to do by just reading the question. So it's very important to know that. So be sure to go ahead and understand very well the different question types um, and have a kind of a repetition to seeing it. And so when you do take the test, you'll be like, that's this, that's that. This is how I approach it. This is how I answer this question. Got it? So let's go back to basic orientation. So like I said, basic orientation is these questions essentially ask you to select the one choice that doesn't violate any of the rules of the setup. That is Khan Academy's definition. A lot of the things I take notes on are from Khan Academy. So if you also are reading the article, guys, once again, it's it's very similar. Um, and they are the number one tool of studying that I would say is the most help and most proficient so please go on over to Khan Academy I will not stop promoting Khan Academy enough they're amazing so the best advice for basic orientation and this is the first type of question type we're talking about that's in the logic games is go through the rules one by one and eliminate the choices that do not fit right the choices that violate any of the rules of the setup, they're not the answer. So basic orientation, once again, the definition is these questions essentially ask you to select the one choice that doesn't violate any of the rules of the setup. Awesome? Awesome. So there's a quick caution. This method of checking each conditions against the answer choice is really only best for orientation questions. Okay? So do not use this type of method of checking for the wrong answers for all the question types. And this is why it's so important to know the different question type, guys. That's because when you know the different question types, you know how to approach them, like I said. So what's the next type of question type? The next type of question type is could be true 
or could be false. So the definition of could be true is basically saying it means that the statement in the correct choice is possible, even if it's only once without breaking um, any of the rules. So let me read that again, right? Because I know that one could be a little tricky. And I also read it from Khan Academy. So if you're on the website, again, once go ahead to click to the give an info could be true or false article because that's the one I'm reading off of really quickly. And I'll go back onto my notes and keep reading on there. But for right now, this is from Khan Academy. So could be true questions means that the statement is possible without breaking any of the rules even once, okay? The wrong choice must be false. They break a rule in some way. So this is could be true. Could be false questions. Could be false means that it's possible for the statement to be false, even if it's only once without breaking any of the rules. So for these, the wrong choice must be true. They are always true no matter what, okay? So I know that could be sound confusing a little bit because it's like, wait, but what? Like, so the wrong choice must be true? Yes, guys, like we're looking for uh, an answer where which of these could be false, right? It means that it, we're looking for the possible for the statement to be false, right? Even if it's only once. So we're not looking for the one that would actually fit the diagram. We're looking for the one that negates the diagram in a bit. All right, does that sound good? Okay, if you guys have any questions, once again, hit me up on my socials. I would be more than greatly to send you over my notes myself and how I did it and wrote it out. Um, but checklist for these questions, could be true and could be false, is um, one, redraw the bare bones of your initial diagram. So since you are given new information, redraw bare bone of initial diagram so you don't modify your original diagram by mistake. Um, and you're doing that so you don't mess up and go ahead and add a rule to your original diagram. And two, incorporate the new condition. Three, combine the new condition with your original rules. Four, check your new diagram and deductions against the choice. And then five, test whatever choices remain. Okay, so could be true and could be false. Question types oftentimes um, give you a... Um, give you a condition. They're like, which one of the following could be false if... D was at dot. You know what I'm saying? So always look out for those. Um, and when you understand and see these type of question types, um, it's easier to know right away that, okay, let me do the checklist real quick where I redraw the, my diagram, not the whole thing, but just the bare bone of it. Oh, then I incorporate the new condition because it gave it to me in this question type. And then let me combine the new condition with my original rules. And then let me see how this, let check in with my diagram and deductions. Let me see how this um, will give me the correct answer. Does that make sense? Uh, once again, if you're still confused about what I'm saying, Khan Academy is great. Um, but even not Khan Academy, at the end of this, we'll be going over, um, the varsity tutor question set one for logic games. And I'm also going to point out each question types that I see and explain that a little bit more in detail. So you guys have a practice of seeing the question type in motion. So the, the next type of questions you'll see in logic games is the equivalent rule or the minimum and max. Um, the, there's an equivalent rule, and I'll just start there. So for the equivalent rule, guys, it's pretty, it's pretty simple and straight to the point. Um, you're being asked to identify a condition that would have the same effect on the setup if substituted for one of the existing rules. Um, the answer will be a condition that 
when combined with the original rules of the setup, will result in exactly the same possible outcome as the rule it re- it's replacing. In other words, it will restrict exactly as much as the rule it's replacing, no more and no less. And that's how Khan Academy defines it. Another way of thinking of the equivalent rule is this. Um, okay, I'm asking you. In the original statement, two plus two equals four. What is another way that we can say that that is true? And the answer choices are like, oh, um, three plus five or six plus one or three plus one. You would obviously click and answer the question as three plus one because three plus one also equals four. So in the equivalent rule, you're looking for the answer choice that when you put in that rule, it has the same effect. So two plus two equals four is very similar or equivalent to three plus one also equals four because they give you the same outcome, okay? So it gives you the same effect, it gives you the same outcome. And that's my way of thinking of it. So a checklist for this is understand that the, the rule that you're replacing. That's the biggest thing that you can do when you have equivalent questions, okay? So you already set up your diagram and your logic. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> sorry for I'm excited today. Um, so I know this one is a lot, of, a lot more high energy. So I know some of y'all are studying with me like, girl, where's this energy coming from? I am sorry. It's good energy. I'm also hoping you're having an amazing day really quickly, but let's go back to what we're saying. So equivalent question, you set up your diagram, you did your deductions, you set up your elements pro- properly, and you see a question that's like, which one of these rules could be in your diagram? Something's like that, right? It's going to be worded a little differently. The first thing you do is you identify, oh, cool, this is an equivalent, sec- equivalent question. That's great. Now that I know it's an equivalent question, what do I do next? Oh, let me understand the rule that this question is asking me to replace, right? Understand the rule that you're replacing. Notice that what the rule actually says. This means... This may seem obvious, right? But it can be easy to get bogged down in inferences and forget what the actual rule is. The correct choice must restrict the outcomes in the same way. So it must meet the conditions outlined in the original rule. Understood? The second thing you do is understand how the rule you're replacing relates to other rules. What can you infer? For instance, if rule one is that L is before M and rule two is that M is immediately before N, then we can infer that O is before N, okay? So rule out wrong choices. It's possible that an answer will jump out at you, but it's unlikely. With find and equivalent rule questions, you'll often be better off eliminating wrong choices. So go over the choices and see what you can infer from them. If a choice doesn't constrain the elements in the same way that the original does, eliminate it. Often, wrong choices will match an inference we made from the original rule, but won't actually give us the initial constraints of the rule. This is something to watch out for. Try it out. So if you have time, it can be a good idea to test the choice you think is right. Plug the new condition into your setup. Do you get the same inferences? If so, that's your answer. Okay, so guys, so once again, like all of the way to set up and understand an equivalent rule is very similar to how we do our diagrams already, right? You're making sure that none of your rules in how you're setting up isn't impacting the rest of your rules and you're setting it up correctly. Equivalent rule is basically asking you to see how well you understand the 
setup of your diagram. It's, it's, it's testing your ability to replace part of your diagram that already exists. So it's really testing how well you set up your diagram and your knowledge on that. Is, is that make sense? Is how well do you understand deductions and how well you understand the setup of your diagram? The reason why it's important to understand how to go about this question type equivalent is because you notice that equivalent question type and orientation question type are the only ones that are asking you to look over the, the incorrect answers as well. The other question types could be true and could be, could be false, as we just went over, did not ask you um, to go over the incorrect ones, but instead it asked you to plug it in, right? Equivalent rule asked you in the last rule, I mean, in, in, in the third to last rule to find out an equivalent rule. It, it asked you to like eliminate the wrong choices. So that's also important. And another great reason as to why it's important for you guys to understand um, these question types for for what they are because once again it really does help you with answering these questions now the next type is minimum and maximum so for these rare questions and they're not as common but you're asked to determine what the minimum or maximum number of elements are in either the given scenario or in a scenario with a new condition it's generally helpful and quicker to start with either the minimum or the maximum so that you can eliminate choices instead of trying to find the answer immediately okay so a checklist for the minimum and maximum questions. If you get one of these questions, um, it goes like this. This is how you checklist these. So if you started with the minimum, look for the smallest number listed as a possible minimum and the choices. Test it. Does it work? Then eliminate, eliminate any choices with bigger numbers than that minimum. Continue testing until you have established a minimum. Okay, For the maximum possibilities... In the remaining choices, test the biggest one. Does it work? Then eliminate any choices with similar, with smaller numbers than that maximum. Continue testing until you get the right answer. So um, I wish um, Khan Academy gave an example of this type of question because I do actually see it um, oftentimes. But once again, if you guys want any kind of more ideas or examples of this, head on over to um, Khan Academy, and I think they also have a greater list in depth of this. So the last type of question type you will see in the logic games, guys, is completely determined. So a completely determined question, the answer will allow you to deduce a complete picture once you incorporate the choices information. The wrong choice will lead to an incomplete picture. So it's exceedingly rare that you would be able to see the answer simply by looking at your initial diagram and rules. So it's often best to move quickly to test the but to testing the choices. Sorry guys. Okay, so a checklist for completely determined questions is this these two steps. And then I'll say something after it. Okay, so checklist. One, Test each choice by incorporating the condition and the choice into a new bare-bone diagram and making deductions. So are you able to continue making deductions all the way to a complete picture? Then that's your answer, right? Two, if you stall on deductions, remember that four of the wrong choices will lead to exactly that result. Don't try to force a complete picture if it isn't happening. The answer will force a complete picture without you needing a improvise. Okay, so complete determine completely determines um and could be true and could be false sometimes could be a little bit um 
hard to distinguish between because could be true, could be false. Sometimes also requires you to plug things in, but completely determines like when you plug it in, it determines your whole graph. So it's like, um, let me see an example in my mind. Oh, okay. So two podcasts ago, I asked you guys a simple question of deduction. Um, Christian, Joe and Crystal, these are three siblings and you know that Joe's the oldest and that Christian is older than Crystal, right? That would be kind of considered a completely determined question if the question was like this. Which one of these will completely determine who um, the group of oldest to youngest of the three siblings? That would be a completely determined question. And your answer choice would be like, you, um, A, when somebody lets you know that Christian is older than Christelle. Well, because the given is that Joe's the oldest, right? And now when the answer choice is like Christian is give, older than Christelle, it's able, now we know that it's Joe's the oldest, Christian is the second oldest, and Christelle is the third. If that didn't make sense, let me know, please. And I would be able to break that down in a different way and digest it in a different way so you can understand. But the, basically what completely determines is whenever you have these question types, it's the one that once you plug in one, one of the answer choices, that is completely determining the diagram, the grouping, or the sequence of, of the diagram or the other setup that we have. The last and final um, question type that you will see in the logic games section is must be true and must be false. Guys, I mistakenly almost missed these two because I was like, I know this could be true and could be false. And I was like, there's something missing. I'm missing something. And this is it. Must be true. It must be false. Please understand and know that when you are doing your logic game section on your test, there are two types of question that often I oftentimes I get confused about. And it could be true. Could be false. It must be true. It must be false. So since we've already gone over could be true and could be false, I'm going to go ahead and focus the rest of the time on must be true and must be false. Once again, these are completely different type of question types. Um, and let's focus on understanding that and knowing that. So must be true questions. Um, this is being read off of Khan Academy really quickly if you want to come with me. Must be true questions says must be true means that the answer is a statement that's always true in any circumstance that is acceptable to the rules. The wrong choice to a must be true questions are choices that could or must be false. They don't have to be true because you can find at least one viable scenario in which that statement isn't true. Understood? All right. So must be false questions could be. All right. So must be false questions means that the answer is a statement that's always false or impossible. 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 <laughs> if you guys watch Cinderella, um, I hope you got that little thing, that little yeah, besides the point, but must be false means that the answer is a statement that is always false, guys, okay? In any circumstance that is acceptable to the rules, in other words, the answer breaks at least one of the rules when you implement the statement. So the wrong choices to a must be false question are choices that could or must be true. They can be possible in at least one scenario. So the top tip for this is it can be helpful to think of must be false as impossible and both could be true and could be false as possible, all right?
And that's a good way to distinguish between the two as well, because I think a lot of times when people are reading over the question types, seeing how they should go about the question through the checklist that's taught to them through Khan Academy or through your tutorings or through your own creation, you're like, how do I know to distinguish between the two? And Khan Academy has a great way of doing that. Okay, so here's this is a top tip. I'll read it again. It could be helpful to think of must be false as impossible, okay? And both could be true and could be false as possible. All right, so the checklist for must be false. Since you're given new information here, the answer is obtainable from your initial diagram and rules. Check your diagram and deduction. It's possible that the answer is immediately evident from the deductions you've already made. If it isn't immediately evident, eliminate any choices that are obviously wrong from your diagram and rules. Test whatever choices remain. It can be a little tricky to remember how to test choices for most questions, but um, must be true questions. Test the choices by trying to make the choices false. Um, if you make the statement in the choice false and you can still make an acceptable scenario, eliminate that answer. Um, for the must be false questions, test the choices by trying to make the choices possible. If you can incorporate the information in the choice into your diagram and generate an acceptable scenario, then eliminate that choice. Another top tip that Khan Academy give guys is if only two choices remain and you feel confident in your work so far, you can just test on you can just test one of them. If it accomplishes what you need, whether it's a must be true or must be false, then it's the answer. If it doesn't accomplish what you need, then the other remaining choices is the answer. So guys, in the next podcast I am going to go over varsity tutor logic game practice set one and in that problem set when we do it together and i'm reading out the different questions that you will see on your lsat that's when i will go over these question types by actually doing it through examples so if you guys want to see me go over the different type of question types um through example listen to the next um podcast which also has me going over the varsity tutor homework set all right thank you guys so much for listening i hope this helped have a great day. Good luck studying. You'll get a 180. You got this.